0: Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. You're about to have an amazing experience in the presence of God right there where you are. What a powerful time to gather and worship the Lord and give him praise. In this moment, we get to know who God is as we see him high and lifted up. And when we know who he is, we know who we are. There's a wonderful passage of scripture in Psalm 139 that says this, Lord, you created my inmost being. You shaped me and formed me. That's who he is. And it goes on to say, therefore, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You see, who we are comes from who he is. And the purpose of worship is we come to lift up the Lord to see who he is. And then we'll see who we are. Some of us may be hearing lies that say you're abandoned, you're alone, it's not gonna work, you're forsaken. But the truth is he is your heavenly father and you are his love child. The truth is he's the one who brings freedom. He's with you, he's for you. You are chosen and not forsaken. And in this moment, we're believing as we lift up the Lord, you're going to see him and you're gonna see who you are. Lord, I pray right now that you'd open the eyes of our hearts to see you. You're the freedom bringer. You are our heavenly father. You're our healer, you're our strength, you are our refuge, you are our healer. And in this moment, Lord, show us who we are as we worship you. We're your beloved children. We're the healed of the Lord. We are chosen, not forsaken. And in this moment, Lord, open our eyes to see you and to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to know that we are who you say we are. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord together as the team leads us in declaring that truth.
1: But like he brought me his hand for his head.
0: His beloved child. He is with you. He is for you. He is here. I want to share a passage of scripture with you about a time when Jesus showed up and was with a group of people who were worshiping. In Luke 19, we read these words When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a colt of a donkey, the people shouted and sang, Hosanna! But some of the local county health officials, I'm sorry, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus answered, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would sing and shout and burst into cheers. Well, we might have restrictions going on right now, but we can't be restricted from lifting our voice to the Lord. So I'm gonna lead us in a declaration of praise. If you'll repeat after me, and then maybe we'll have a little help. Here we go. Lord Jesus.
2: Lord Jesus.
0: You are worthy. You are worthy. Of all our praise. Of
2: all our praise. Alleluia, alleluia.
0: Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. We magnify. We magnify. Your name. Your name.
2: Alleluia,
1: alleluia,
0: alleluia. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. We are here. We are here to praise you. To
1: praise you. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. We came, we came to glorify you. To
2: glorify you.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: And Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You shall reign. You shall reign forever and ever.
2: Forever and ever. Hallelujah. 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 hallelujah.
0: praise
2: hallelujah well hello cathedral fam it is always good times and great vibes worshiping our god with you now i don't know about the rest of you but am i the only one that can't wait for 2020 to end i mean seriously (laughs) now of course the end of 2020 means that it's almost christmas time which is great because we get to celebrate our lord and savior But if you're anything like me, like I'm just going to be real, I get a little anxious thinking about Christmas because I haven't even started to think about shopping for Christmas gifts. Here's the harsh reality. There are people in our church family and in our community who all they can think about is Christmas. And it's not because they actually think this Christmas for them is going to be a holly jolly Christmas. It's because throughout this pandemic, they've lost their jobs, they're struggling, and they're not sure how they're going to get their kids gifts. We're so grateful that here at Cathedral of Faith, this is the place where the love is lived out. And so we wanna encourage you, or maybe you know a family that is struggling this Christmas season, to attend services the next two weeks. Hear a powerful word from the Lord, and then after service, you can register for toys for up to four of your children. Now in a world where we are socially distanced, Let us gather together, let us unite, and make sure that every child throughout the South Bay experiences the love of Jesus this Christmas. Dr. Wayne?
0: Well done, Jolie. Well done. Those are great words. Well done. In fact, I want to give a well done to Pastor Ken and Kurt, to Pastor Mike and Jim. Over the last months, we've been able to distribute through reaching out to 377,663 people totaling over $30,808,000 worth of food. Well done, Cathedral of Faith. Well done to all of you and to our leadership. What great words, well done. But you think they sound good right now? One day we're gonna stand before the Lord. And there's a passage in scripture that tells us what will happen to some people When we stand before the Lord, it says in Matthew chapter 25, these words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. You see, there comes a moment when we stand before God and give account of our lives. And I wanna hear those words, well done. And in this moment of bringing our tithes and offerings, we are actually preparing for that moment. Because one day when we stand before him, He'll say, Wayne, this is how much money I put through your hands in your lifetime. What did you do with it? Was it all for you and your possessions and what you want to experience and do? Or did you invest in my kingdom? Did you invest in my work? And that's what we give you the opportunity right now is to prepare yourself for that moment of standing before God when he can look and say, well done. You can bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord by going to our website, You can visit our app. You can mail it to the church office or drop it by. Or also at the bottom of the screen, there's a number that you can text GIVE to so that you can prepare yourself for that moment of hearing, well done. Lord, I pray that as we bring these gifts to you, you would multiply them to feed, to clothe, to bless, to expand your work around the world. We look forward to that day when you come back And Lord, we prepare for that day. We live this day in light of that day. Looking forward to hearing you say, well done. Show your favor, your blessing, and your strength to your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. While God loves us so much, he watches over us. He cares more about us than he does even the sparrow. And to come remind us of that and speak that truth into our hearts, Let's open up our hearts as Jessica Johnson comes to sing His Eye is on the Sparrow.
3: Why should I feel discouraged? Shadows come and why? E No I know he watches.
4: Thanks so much for joining us today. I read about a, an experiment that was conducted by UC San Diego. Actually, it was a series of three experiments that were done or based on 12 short stories. And each short story was read by at least 30 people. And what they were wanting to find out is if people knew what happened at the end would impact their experience of the story. Of course, popular wisdom is that, well, of course it will. It'll have a negative impact because if you don't know what happens in the end, well, the story's gonna be more engaging. You're gonna be more fully immersed in the story. But what shocked them is the exact opposite was true. To the people who they gave the end of the story first, those people are the ones who enjoyed the story more. I mean, that went way against popular wisdom. We, we think of spoiler alerts. That's why we, well, we talk about them in book reviews and movie reviews because, well, if you know the end of the story first, it's going to spoil it for you. But the opposite was true in this study. The people who knew where it was headed, that they had a greater experience as they read through the book. And one researcher, he made this observation, a theory about why that may be the case. He said, it could be that once you know how the story turns out, you're more comfortable exploring the information and you were able to focus on a deeper understanding of the story. Isn't that something? In other words, when you know where the story was headed, you were able to well, dive a little deeper into each page. And I wonder, I wonder if it's the same thing when it comes to our story, the end of our story. When you know what happens at the end of the world, well, are we able to, dive a little deeper into each page. I I saw this one meme and it said, what I imagine everyone will do at the end of the world, everybody's got their cell phones out. (laughs) Does that seem about right? What will happen at the end of the world? See, if we look at the end, will enable us to, to dive a little deeper into the here and now Engage the day more fully, engage the present more deeply. My favorite writer, C.S. Lewis, he once said this about that very subject. He said, If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. How thinking about the future shapes everything we do in the present. And that's especially true with our topic of today. Last week, we looked at return of the King. Today, I want to talk to you about Judgment Day. In Romans chapter 14, verse 10, this is what we read. We will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Each of us will give a personal account to God. Now, we know that makes sense. Even if it makes us uncomfortable, we know that makes sense. I can remember, well, I miss my dad every day, but his voice is still in my head all the time. And one of the things he used to tell me, if I heard him say it once, I heard him say it a thousand times. He would say, Ken, with every blessing, comes responsibility. And with every responsibility comes accountability. Responsibility without accountability really isn't responsibility at all. And the longer I live, the more I found how true that is. I mean, if you're, you're blessed with the opportunity to get an education, well, with re- blessing comes responsibility. And responsibility comes accountability. If you're blessed with the opportunity to purchase a home, with that blessing, there's responsibility. And with that responsibility, there's accountability. If you're blessed with the opportunity to have a job, well, with that blessing comes responsibility. And with that responsibility comes accountability. I heard about a guy who, well, he was went in for the job interview and the person who was conducting the interview told them about the person they were looking for. He said, we're looking for someone who is very responsible. And the man said, then I am your person. I'm the one you're looking for because whenever anything went wrong at my last job, they would always say, I am responsible. With every blessing comes responsibility. With responsibility comes accountability. And that's why it makes perfect sense to think about the God who has blessed us with the gift of life. He blessed us with that. And that we're responsible for what we do with that life that we've been given. And then one day we'll stand before him and be accountable to him for what we've done with that life. In Acts chapter 17, verse 31, we read, for he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man, Jesus Christ, that he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him, Jesus, from the dead." Now I know, I know this makes people uncomfortable. In fact, some people get so uncomfortable with it that they just rule God out of the picture altogether. I mentioned the writer C.S. Lewis, how, well, in looking back on his personal journey, he was reflecting on the time where he was an atheist. And he said when he was that, well, he had intellectual objections and he had philosophical questions, but the main reason he was an, eth- uh, an atheist was a moral one, that he wanted to live the way he wanted to live. And he didn't want anybody telling him what to do. And the idea that he would be judged by God, well, he wanted to live the way he wanted to live, and so he just ruled out the idea of God altogether. But then eventually he broke through his denial, and he came to believe the truest thing that there is in the universe, that there is a God who created us. And with that blessing comes responsibility with that responsibility comes accountability. It makes sense. Even if it makes us uncomfortable, it does make sense. And when you step back just a moment and you think a little bit more about it, it could be one of the most encouraging things because this is what distinguishes us from the rest Of the animal kingdom. If you own a cat, I'm not sure why you would, but if you own a cat and let's say that cat, well, one day he goes out and murders a mouse and leaves it on your front porch. Or one day he jumps up on the commode and drinks from the toilet. Or or one day he goes out and he sleeps with every cat in the neighborhood. or, Or one day that cat well, he, he bothers your dog. Would you look at this cat? Can you believe what those cats are capable of? <laughs> Never trust one of those cats. But here's the thing. When a cat does that, you may get mad at the cat, but you don't judge the cat. I mean, if a cat uh, refuses to pay, child support for all the kittens he's fathered in the neighborhood. You don't throw them in jail because that's just what cats do. They live totally according to their instinct. But human beings are different. We've been made in the image of God. And because of that, we don't live just by our instincts. We've been given the power to choose. And with that freedom comes responsibility with that Responsibility comes accountability. In fact, the choices we make are so meaningful and important. Not only do they impact this life, but even in eternity. One of my favorite lines from any movie is this. What we do in life echoes in eternity. And it does. So I know judgment day can make us uncomfortable, but it also can be encouraging. In fact, think about it this way. There's a day coming when God will bring perfect justice into our world. And that's an encouraging truth as well. I mean, all of us, we work right now to take, well, our world and to work to have a more just world right now here on earth. And yet when we look around, we see that there's still so much injustice. And as long as there's sin in the world, there will be injustice in the world. And until, and sometimes you look around and I don't know about you, but sometimes I look around and it sure seems like the guy's, The bad guys are winning and you wonder, are they just going to be able to get away with it? And the Bible reminds us that there's a day coming when Jesus will make things right. Justice delayed is not justice denied. And there's a day coming where human traffickers are going to give an account, where murderous drug cartels are going to give an account where brutal dictators are going to give an account to God. And Jesus is going to make things right in the end. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3, we read, but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. With every blessing comes responsibility. With every responsibility comes accountability. And that brings us next to the book of names. The book of names. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, we read, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. I read that, The late Billy Graham, when he was young, he was gonna be having a crusade at a church. It was in a small town and on his way to church, he needed to stop by the post office and mail in a letter. And he stopped and asked a boy where the post office was and the boy gave him directions. And then he went on, Billy Graham, he continued, he said, young man, if you, if you come to the crusade tonight, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the boy said, no, that's all right. I'll pass. You didn't even know how to get to the post office. How do you get to heaven? How does your name end up in the book? In the book of Revelation, we're given, well, this image of the final judgment as a book, books that are opened. And then this one book in particular called the book of life. And if your name is in that book, the book of life, that means you're going to spend an eternity with God. And what could be better than that? An eternity with God. But if your name is not in the book of life, then you will spend an eternity without God. What could be worse than that? God doesn't want that. And so the most important question you and I will ever answer while we're on this planet is this. How do you get your name in the book? How do you get your name in the book? There's a television sitcom by the name of the good place. And in this sitcom, the way you get to the good place is you have to be a good person. In fact, you have to be more than a good person. Out of 10,000 people, you have to be in the top 10. But what happens is this awful lady ends up, by mistake, she ends up in the good place. And so they give her a questionnaire to find out if she's worthwhile to be in that good place. And on the questionnaire, there are questions like this. You know, did you ever commit murder? Did you ever commit arson? Did you take off your shoes and socks on an airplane? Did you ever reheat fish in an office microwave? All of these questions to see if she was worthy enough to be in the good place. How do you get your name? in the book. And let me give you the bad news first. No matter how many good things you do, that will not get your name in the book because it doesn't deal with the problem of our sin. My sin is what separates me from God. Think about it this way. Let's say after church. Well, I'm on my way to church or I I leave church and I'm on my way home and I pull onto the freeway and I put the pedal to the metal and a policeman pulls up behind me and then he pulls me over and he asks for my license and I say, wait a second, wait a second. I'm a pastor and I just came from church. And at church, I did so many good things. I was kind to people, I prayed for people, I preached to people and kept it under 30 minutes. Everybody's gonna have a dream, amen. And he said, the policeman says to me, that's great, keep up the good work, and here's your ticket. Why? Because if you do the crime, you have to pay the fine. And the same thing is true when it comes to our sin. Our sin is like a crime that is committed against God. And nothing good we do can pay that kind of fine. There's only one thing in the universe can pay for our sin, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the work on the cross that paid the price for our sin. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus and we receive the work that he has done, John chapter three puts it this way. It says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn its people. He sent him to save them. That was his purpose. No one who has faith in God's son will be condemned. Can somebody say amen to that? But everyone who doesn't have faith in him has already been condemned for not having faith in God's only son. How do I get my name in the book? It's wrapped up with Jesus. It's not in my good works. It's in the good work that he has done. That good work gets me into this good book, which gets me into that good book place. That brings us to the last thing I want us to think about when it comes to where we're headed, this final judgment. Finally, let's look at the rewards program. In one place, the Bible talks about us being builders. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. And here we come to the place of our good works. Only Jesus could pay the price for our sin and he is the sure foundation that we built our future upon. The question is now, what kind of life will I build? It still is about grace, but how do I lean into the grace and into the power to build a great life for him and for his kingdom? Because What kind of building I build will determine the kind of reward that I receive. Not everyone in eternity will receive the same rewards. Now, there's some mystery here, and I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. But I do know that what we do down here impacts the way that we live up there. In fact, in one place we read this, 1 Corinthians, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body. A reward. Jesus himself talked about this idea of reward and judgment day. He told a story about a nobleman who went away to inherit a kingdom. But before he left, he, well, he gave a certain amount of money to each of his servants. They all got the same. It was equal opportunity. And he told them that he wanted them to go and invest that money and to bring back a profit when he returned. And so he left and he came back. And when he came back, he found that even though everyone had an equal opportunity, there weren't equal outcomes. And so he goes from one servant to the next servant to the next servant and hears about what they've done with what they've had. There was one servant who did nothing with what he had. He was lazy. And so, well, his outcome wasn't that great. And then you read about two servants who took what had They have been given and invested it and brought a profit. We read, one servant says, I invested your money and made 10 times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward. And then another servant says this, He says, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. Different outcomes and different rewards based on the kind of life that we live, that when we invest our life wisely. Martin Luther once said this about his calendar. He said, there are only two days on my calendar, today and the day of judgment. And I was thinking, what if I started to live that way? That, well, the day that's coming, the judgment day, began to shape everything that I do today. That the future impacted the present in such a way that Well, it shaped the priorities I have, the attitudes I have, the decisions I make, the motivations I have. Am I doing this to bring honor and glory to God? Or am I doing this just so that I'll look good? What about everything that God has blessed me with? The time I have, the talent I have, the resources I have, the energy that I have. How am I using those things for him and for his glory? When we keep our eye on the prize that is waiting for us. I read that Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, that he spends almost a million dollars a year taking care of his body that he works out 363 days out of the year, except for Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's kind of like me. He has two hyperbolic chambers in his backyard. That's not like me at all. He has a physical trainer, a physical therapist. He has two chefs that prepare all his meals. Wow, that, that outdoes my frosted flakes. The point being is that he is super disciplined so that he can go after the Super Bowl trophy. The Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 9. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Keep your eye on the prize. Have you ever tried to wrap your brain around how long eternity is. I have here a rope and I'm gonna ask Pastor Rick to help me out and I've got one end of the rope and Pastor Rick, if you can take the other end of that rope and head out toward the door and there he goes. Pastor Rick, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, he's out the door. Wow, he's out the other door. I think he's on Kirtner Avenue. All right, that's good Pastor Rick. This is what I call social distancing. Now if you look at this green piece of tape, imagine that that is a life that's lived a hundred years. I found a t-shirt that said, well, it's taken me a hundred years to look this good. So let's say I live a hundred years. This is that piece of tape. And yet the rest of the rope represents eternity. And what I do with this hundred years influences. What will happen in my eternity? See, when this takes hold of your head and your heart, it shapes everything about your life and you want to live the one life that you've been blessed with to give glory and honor to him and to leave everything you have out on the field. I started the sermon with a story about my dad. Let me end it with a story about my dad. When I was young, I loved playing baseball. And, and I can remember, it's like yesterday. I've got this one memory. It was at the end of the game and I'm walking off the field and my, well, my uniform is filthy and my head's all sweaty and my arms are all skinned up and bloody. And I, I looked up In the stands, and there I saw my father. And I saw his smile. And I heard his applause. What could be more rewarding than that? This is where we're headed to see the father's smile, to hear the father's applause. And for the Father's words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and share in your Master's happiness. What could be more rewarding than that? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever put your faith and trust in Jesus? That's the starting point. If you haven't, I invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus... I come to you because I need a savior. I put my faith and trust in who you are. And I receive what you've done for me on the cross. Thank you for loving me like you do and making me a part of your family, amen. And I pray for the rest of us. We'll look forward to that great day with anticipation because of his grace and mercy Not only does he save us, but he transforms us so that we can, well, have great hope in our future. Here comes the team singing, Holy Water.
1: forgiveness. It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips.
5: It's
1: like like the sound
4: I want to thank you again for joining us for today's service. The fact that well you tuned into this service shows you that, well, it's an important priority for you, worshiping God. So thank you so much. If you need prayer, contact us on social media or give us a call at the church. Don't forget right after service is the wrap. It's a great way to take the sermon even deeper and further. And I want to speak God's blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you may his face shine brightly upon you may the lord be gracious to you and give you his peace and may you live every day in view of that great day that is waiting for us in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit we pray this amen
5: yo what's up Cathedral in? Faith? Cathedral. Come good morning it's the rap Yup. dude and hey Election results. We have we have an update on the election, and the results are in. The human race is absolutely incapable of governing ourselves, and we are in a need of a savior.
1: (laughs) That's right.
5: Grateful that that. we have one in Jesus. That's right. So let's talk about. Also, the results are in. Also, Pastor Ken did an amazing job again, bringing this great word, this relevant message for us that's leading us, and giving us. He's leading the sails, you know, pushing us forward. So. Jessica, what stuck out to you when you heard this?
6: Well, it was such a great word. And I did hear how Pastor Ken said that it was an uncomfortable topic. And I understand that because right now we're going through historic times. Um, people are... Are going through some really hard times and we still want to give our all to God and how do we do that and I felt like this word was so encouraging so inspirational I felt it was a call to all of us to go out and build to lean into God's word that to trust in Him that this time of stillness was all a part of the plan, and now it's time to go out and to fulfill our purpose and our plans that God created for us. Wow, yeah, that's really strong.
5: Yeah, I think the just the the whole concept again of knowing the end, mm-hmm. um, and knowing where this leads, and knowing that our God is sufficient, He's able, He's cap- we're in His capable hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives us the confidence to do that, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I love that insight about how there's a purpose and an assignment that we have inherently from God, mm-hmm. and we we owe. We owe our God a return on His investment into yeah. us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love that. How that. Just
7: even like a thank you after everything He's done for yeah. us, and then He actually gives us an opportunity to be able to do something and present something to Him with our life. Like that's beautiful that He even gave us that opportunity to present something to yeah. Him. That's beautiful.
8: Yeah. But it's so true, and that's why I like the first uh, when when Pastor said a blessing, responsible, mm-hmm. responsibly, mm-hmm. and accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about our lives, that's what those three needs. Whether mm-hmm. it's a relationship you're trying to date, uh, in marriage, raising a children, a new job, mm-hmm. even a new car. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing to... Yeah. To that That is a blessing. Yeah. Uh, we just become a, a great-grandparent. Uh, no, not uh,
0: great. Grandparents. great. great. No, no, we're grandparents that yeah. are great. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's
8: right. But I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> with that's it's a, truly a blessing, but um, it comes like yeah. we have to learn how to be the great grandparents. Yeah, we need to be accountable. Mm-hmm. I need to be accountable with my with yeah. my daughter and my son-in-law to be that. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it just reminds me how our life, no matter what season we are, mm-hmm. even now in this yeah. pandemic and this mm-hmm. COVID nineteen or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that there is that. And let's not forget that to assess ourselves. Mm-hmm. Where are we at? Are we having I those three? And
0: yeah. I, think and, I, I think that's a, a, a key idea, a key principle, Pastor Ken let us in with, with the study out of yep. at UC San Diego. Mm-hmm. He talked about, you know, knowing the end, right? Yeah, yeah. The results are in, right? right. right. right? Question mark, <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is, when we know the end, mm-hmm. it frees us to do things and to focus on mm-hmm. things that actually matter. Yeah. We can actually mm-hmm. focus on the things that are responsible. We don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it. We, I mean, it is going to be uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. even though yeah. it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. because we're we free now yes. to be able to consider other things other than the end. How is this going to end up? Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives us the chance to do exactly what Pastor Ken says, to, to be able to, to go deeper mm-hmm. right, in our present day. And to experience our present even more fully uh, than we are uh, allowing ourselves because of
4: you know being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I I loved the thing that he said. For that was um, everything we do echoes into eternity, yeah. mm. and everything we do touches absolutely. it. It touches the future. It's like the future is always in the present. And I think about when you're raising kids for Zion, there's, it it just helps to separate what's important and what's not important. And also that there's certain things that, no, this is important today because I know it's going to affect his future. So it gives you that, that, um, that straight line to to be able to walk. The second thing is that only two days on the calendar. I love that today and judgment day that I love how God is so deep, but yet he's so simple that we can, we can, he gives us the way to get it. So for me, I'm thinking like when I'm struggling through something, I can be like, wait a minute at the end of the day, no matter what I'm feeling or what's going on, I'm going to have to stand before God and I'm going to have to be accountable for what I say and what I do. And I can't before God be like, yeah, but so-and-so or, but what, there's no buts. And so I just feel like, that's a great way to live. That's a beautiful simple way mm-hmm. to stay focused and have the Holy Spirit help us. Amen, amen.
1: Yeah.
5: Jessica, you were you were mentioning something about building and some, some other thoughts that you had about the sermon. What else was sticking out to you?
6: Yeah, so when we're talking about eternity, right, we have eternity mm-hmm. with God in, in the rope, and there was just a little blip, yeah. we're here on earth, mm-hmm. right? And so right now, maybe we are feeling uncomfortable or we're feeling like, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. I want to live for God. I want to do it all for God, but you know, we have all these things going on. But if you know that we only have this amount of time, it frees me from feeling like this is just a moment. This is temporary. Corona is not gonna be here forever. So we've gotta live for the now um, and lean into God, whatever it may be, um, to make sure that we're building our lives the way God intended it to be. And so that means whatever you have to do to -hmm. stay positive, maybe that means turning off the news, Maybe that means um, listening to more gospel music, watching sermons, Mm -hmm. reading a book, um, exercising, whatever it may be. Because I feel like God has a way that he speaks to all of us. Mm -hmm. And there's things that we can tap into Mm -hmm. and we can lean into. And when we're saying, like, how do I live right for God? you got to go to the creator. Mm -hmm. So whatever that way that God gets into you or Mm -hmm. you speak to God or you are able to connect with God, you need to go there. Mm -hmm. You need to Mm -hmm. pray or whatever it may be for you. Mm -hmm. For me, it's praying and music. Mm -hmm. Um, And God can be there even in the moments where you think, I'm just having dinner. How did God with the waiter came over and yeah. said and, and bless me with a word? Okay. So whatever it may be, lean into those mm-hmm. moments that take you deeper with God. That's very good. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor right. Cam put it another way of leave
7: it all on the field. Oh, yeah. And I think about like, I, I pray to God, grace and mercy that I don't want to at the end of my life be like, Gosh, I could have, should have, would have, could have yeah. done all this that God intended for me, but I didn't because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so I feel like it, this message just makes mm. me want to be like, all right, like exactly. lace it up. Let's go. Yeah, I do.
5: I do feel it's a wake up call to the yeah. church. Yeah. It's a wake up call in the midst of this chaos that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, i in just kind of brought up the election, just because it's relevant and it's current, right, right. and it's a reality. Um, but I feel like it, it's just another, it's another avenue of anxiety, of confusion, of division amongst us. And you know, I saw someone uh, kind of posted like, in, "In our world is so divided, that but the church net has never." needed to be more united right. you know and i think one of the ways that we unite is not just in our ideologies mm-hmm. it's but it's in us all going after our assignments That's our individual right. assignments right yeah, like right. and i you know and I, I think irene and i were feeling so much like I've, i'm sure a lot of us were you know watching the, the, the election and the results and the the delays and all this stuff and the confusion and all this and It's very easy to get caught up in that, and just to keep doing research and keep trying to figure out, well, who's saying this about what, what, and then here two days go by, and I'm my life, I'm not getting those two days back, (laughs) right? Right? right. And then I like, and I, I mean, I sat down and prayed together, and I just felt something lift off of me, and 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 something reminded me that I'm getting caught up in civilian affairs, Mm. you know, meaning that you know, like. like the the scripture that says, you know like be diligent as a soldier not right. and don't get caught up in civilian affairs, yeah. and not that it doesn't matter, not that we don't care because we do it it ha- it affects our lives, but it it can't take away from us pursuing our purpose our post, right. our post. Mm-hmm. like our God has called us to do something in this day and age that's right. and and so like we need to be about the yeah. father's business that's right yeah, <laughs> so that's right let's let's be about the father's business, yes.
7: absolutely. Our um, scripture that we are closing it with at this time is just remembering the words that God that we're wanting to see. Well done, good and faithful yes. servant. That is our Father's heart for us. Yeah.
5: So as we're we're exiting out, team. Thanks for for being here. Do, any last words, last thoughts of like what can we do this week to well, move us forward? Uh, I
8: want to echo what uh, Irene said about there's only two day, today and the judgment day. I don't want us to be so focused on judgment that we're so scared. Judgment also brings, uh, in Old Testament, people pray for judgment to bring order. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's yeah. come out and, you know, let's pray for that judgment now in our household, in our mm. relationship, mm. in our personal sure. walk with mm-hmm. God to to for God to put a light to what it is that we need mm-hmm. to enhance or we need to work on. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the judgment in the way that God is putting order in my life. Absolutely. Right. That's
5: really strong. That's good powerful. powerful. Well, Cathedral of Faith, let's move forward this week. Do what you need to do to get in that space with God. Mm-hmm. Like go after, become the best version of yourself this week yeah. because that's what God is looking for. He's, he's, he's assembled an army Ooh. and we mm. need to, to fall into our posts and we that's need right. to walk this out. You know, and our, our colonel spoke to us today and <laughs> has given us a yeah. word and I feel... I feel, I'm going to use a churchy word, I feel an unction. I
1: feel an
0: unction. <laughs> I feel a movement going that,
5: on. That, that I want to move forward. I want to Amen. live a life full of purpose. Yeah. And I think that all of us here to do it. And I think this is a great way to do it. Find some friends. Find yes. some community. Mm. Talk about this, whether it's online or on the phone or mm. in person at a, a coffee shop or something. But let's go after this. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, to God be the glory. Thank you, Cathedral of
1: Faith. And as always, That's it's Sons of